Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Deeper Still, the women's ministry podcast of Christ Church of Oak Brook. My name is Sue Ann Camfield. I serve on staff here at the church and I have the joy of being the host of Deeper Still where we believe that God wants to cut through the chaotic and the mundane, all of the noise in our everyday lives and that he wants to call us to go deeper in a relationship with him and with one another. So no matter what you're facing today, no matter where you find yourself, on the journey. We are just so glad that you chose to join us today. Usually I save the announcements for the end of the podcast, but I have something I'm really excited about that I want to make sure, especially all the women listening today, catch. I want you to mark your calendars April 29th and 30th because we here at the Oak Brook campus are bringing back If Gathering 2022 to the Western suburbs. If you're not familiar with If Gathering, it's a two-day women's event that we will be hosting as a local host site. It's just an awesome opportunity to come together a weekend filled with worship, with food, with giveaways, with conversation, as well as some amazing speakers from the National If Gathering, which I had an opportunity to watch this weekend. It was amazing. I'm so excited about some of the content that we are going to be able to bring. So mark your calendars. And in fact, do more than mark your calendars. Uh, Register now. Uh, The registration is live at Christchurch.us backslash if gathering and so we would love for you to go there learn a little more tell all your friends and uh, sign up today Okay, well, as promised, today we're going to continue our conversation on the book of Ephesians as we get dig into Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm so excited to have a new guest with us today, his very first time in a deeper still studio, one of the newest members of Christchurch, our new campus pastor at our Butterfield location, Charlie Browning. Before joining the staff of Christchurch back in July of 2021, Charlie served on the staff of Young Life, and he comes to us as just um, an awesome voice for our congregation. He comes alongside his wife, Allie, who I have had the joy of serving alongside, and so I am so excited to have Charlie here today to share a little more of his story as well as just share some wisdom about what Paul meant when he urged the people of Ephesus to live a life worthy of their calling. So with no further ado, saddle up, settle in, listen in, open your Bibles if you can to Ephesians chapter 4 as Charlie and I go deeper still. Well, Charlie, my friend, welcome to uh, first time ever to the Deeper Still studio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's really fun to be here. It's well, not only first time deeper still, uh, first time ever appearing on a podcast. <laughs> well, aren't we lucky that we get to introduce you in such a good way to uh, first time? You know, I, I think that's one of the things I've learned at being on staff at Christ Church. There's a lot of first times that uh, you're going to be introduced to um, being on staff here. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. I've already, I think I've already checked the box in some of those first times, but um, <laughs> this is just another one. So oh. it's been a joy, obviously, to be here. And Allie and I have been uh, members of Christchurch for a number of years, but uh, now we're now we're on the flip side of things in some ways and getting to be on the staff side. And so uh, that that's been really really enjoyable and. Again, you get to check some of those boxes of yeah. first-time things that you wouldn't necessarily Just like get to. today, you said it's the first time you knew this church had a basement that yeah. you got to come into. <laughs> yeah, Sue Ann was inviting me down to the podcast studio. She's like, it's down in the basement. I'm like, there's a basement in here? 
Um, so again, whole new worlds of things that you get to explore. That's right. um, That's and it's right. fun. I don't get to spend as much time as I'd like sometimes at the Oakbrook campus. And so you, it takes a while to learn that there's a basement. That's right. That's right. But you do spend a lot of time at our Butterfield uh, campus because you stepped in as the campus pastor there in July. I think I have my date, maybe yeah. August. I might be messing September officially, but, okay. um, it was an ongoing kind of slow rolling, <laughs> um, Immersion into it, basically yes. starting in July and then officially in September. Yeah, um, which it's been so good. Um, obviously, the the previous campus pastor is well known to you and the, <laughs> the Reverend Eric Camfield. And so there were, uh, gosh, I, I could spend a lot of time talking about it. But but the one that just the excitement of being a part of the Christchurch team was really really exciting for me. And then um, to to get to partner with Eric and. Uh, for those people that don't know, Eric spent a number of months sort of behind the scenes consulting with mm-hmm. me and helping make sure that I didn't uh, stumble over myself. And um, it was a huge joy and a, a, a tremendous privilege to get to, to spend some time with him and learn from a guy who's been doing this for mm. uh, a number of decades at this point and uh, has a lot of wisdom to share. And so I know some of the guests or some of the listeners got to hear some of that a couple yeah. episodes ago. You know, you don't have to say nice things about my husband <laughs> just because I'm here, you know, I live with him, so I know I know how it goes. I can try to find a, do a poll of the Butterfield congregation see yeah. if I can find some not so nice things about that, him. That right. probably wouldn't be a good idea either. <laughs> um, well, you've been just such an awesome addition to our staff. Uh, the conversation that we're going to have today is um, about our calling and uh, maybe not the traditional way people think about calling. Hopefully, I think we're going to shake that up a mm-hmm. little bit today. But uh, I would love for you as we continue this conversation uh just share some of those little highlights and blips along your own journey of how you came to be here at a campus pastor. You know, you were on staff with Young Life, you right. were doing something different, and this is your first um, kind of uh, on-ramp. Uh, that's not the word I want, but first kind of entry point into a church and staff yeah, life. And definitely. So, and admittedly, as what God only does and seems to do basically in every situation, at least in my life and a lot of those that are close to, he puts you in positions where you sort of said at one point in your life, I'm never going to end up there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and and at one point in my life, uh, any sort of pastoral ministry was certainly, that, that was true of that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, going back, Allie, so I, my ties to young life go back quite a ways. I grew up in a Christian household, but... Um, it was really over during my high school years that came to know Jesus. I would say the difference between I knew a lot about Jesus and I came to know him mm. in a in a true relationship in uh, the beginning of high school through Young Life. And so uh, both I, I kind of had a foot in both worlds of the church and the parachurch ministry in terms of what helped me continue to go, grow closer and deeper in my relationship with God. Um and and w- which in in all of that led to a lot of calling discernment. Uh, there were times, even back in high school, where I was like, uh, "I think there's something to this this preaching thing that I I, I could see myself doing, or that I might uh, maybe maybe God has something up his sleeve in that regard for me." Uh, and then there were plenty of times where it's like, "I church can be a hard place, and it can be a um, one of those." Uh, I'm an Enneagram nine for people that love the Enneagram. And uh, 
in a big church, especially like Christ Church, it's uh, you just you're not going to be able to please everyone all the time, and mm-hmm. I just want to please everyone all the time. And so I thought, gosh, maybe I'll do something where I have a higher chance of pleasing everyone all the time than being a pastor. Because <laughs> um, it is like at the bottom of the exactly. list. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to find the profession where you know that you're not going to do <laughs> that, then don't do that. <laughs> and uh, so all that to be said, I, I've been, uh, yes, yeah, just speaking to calling, been, have been wrestling with this for years of, God, what do you have for me? What do you have for me? And um, he started me in Young Life. That was the, the ministry that Allie and I felt most comfortable in. We actually moved from we were both working in the corporate world, um, serving in various capacities with the church in Austin, Texas, and um, we quit our jobs for to come to Chicagoland, a place called LaGrange, Illinois. We had no idea <laughs> what that meant at the time, and uh, he just wanted, yeah, he called Allie to be on Young Life staff, and so I came with, and um, slowly but surely, he sort of progressed me to be on staff with Young Life, to um, pursue a seminary education to build relationships with people in the greater, larger capital C church, as well as at Christ Church. Um, and one discernment conversation led to the next, to the point where uh, it just became so clear to us um, abundantly. And so in maybe June of this past year, I got to say, no, this is exactly where mm. I want you. And maybe I'll even stretch you and grow you a little bit in the whole uh, need to please everyone and uh, all of that. So it's that that's led me here. And I, Allie and I have an incredible fondness for the organization of Young Life and the mission that it serves and love that we still get to play roles in that um, in, in volunteer capacities. But, but there's something to be said, and, and we've sat with this for a while, there's something to the, the goodness and the the uniqueness of the local church. Mm. Um, and so that, that certainly drew us to this place. Mm. Well, I love that you listened. I love that you followed where God was calling you. I love that you stepped into unknown places as a way to stretch and grow yourself, not to stretch and grow yourself, but to allow God For sure. to stretch and grow you, which is um, <clears throat> a lot of what we're going to talk about today as we yeah. unpack the book of Ephesians, not the whole book. We're just going to do <laughs> chapter. We've been doing the book. We're going to do chapter four. But your story um, is reminding me of what we're going to talk about today, that our calling is first and foremost rooted in our identity, that we have to be in tune and in relationship with the Lord first and foremost before we can step into any of those things he wants us to do. Right, right. And so I think your story is such a great reflection of that. And um, I'm excited also for the people of Christchurch and people listening who don't know Charlie Browning, (laughs) who get to hear just a piece of that story and who are going to hear more of your heart as we walk Uh, through this conversation. So I'm excited too. Thanks for... Thanks for letting me play a small yeah, part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So you ready to dive into Let's Ephesians? Do Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Um, so Charlie, we have been podcasting our way through the book of Ephesians, and you and I are going to talk about Ephesians chapter four, but uh, I want to remind just our audience of where we've been because it sets up the conversation today so beautifully because we've spent the last several weeks, uh, we're now at the midpoint of the book. We've gone through the first three chapters and Paul uh, has done this amazing thing where he's rooting the first three chapters, this letter to the people of Ephesus. He's reminding them 
of their identity. He's reminding them of what Christ has done, um, how good Christ is, uh, what he has done for them, uh, not just as individual believers, but as the church. And you've already brought that up in your Mm -hmm. story, right? Like, being called to the local church and being part of a local church is more than just who God is calling you, Charlie, to be or who God is calling me to be. Yeah, yeah. And so, Paul, uh, this letter is really written with this call to the church, not just to individuals. So I love that. And so he's been reminding us um, who we are. He's been reminding us that we were chosen before the creation of the world, that he predestined us to be adopted into his family, that we have redemption in him, we have forgiveness of sins, we've been sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit, that we were once dead in our transgressions, and... Gosh, God, because of his grace and his mercy and his kindness, he made us alive. He didn't leave us in that dead space, but he made us alive. And that there's nothing that we can do uh, to have that happen, but it's just the goodness and the grace of God. And so Paul, like, he is just like reminding us of this mm-hmm. over and over again. And he's writing to Gentile believers, and so he's reminding Gentile believers and Jewish believers that, like, hey, because of this good news, you're now one big family, right? There's yeah. no hostility. It's all about unity, and you can come together. And there's room at the table of everybody for everybody again because of God's grace. Yeah. And I love that it the end of chapter three, Paul, he ends with this beautiful prayer that is the last thing he says before huh, end of chapter three, before ch- chapter four, the beginning <laughs> of chapter four. Who knew that that's the way letters work or books work? Um, but he ends with this prayer where he's telling the church, he's telling his people, I get on my knees and I pray that God would strengthen you. And I love that you already shared this as part of your story because Paul says, and that you would know God. And exactly what you said, right. not just that you would know of God, but that God would actually take up residence in your life and transform who you are because you have such a deep and rich experience of him. I love that you even set that up for our discussion. Part of as I was reading through Ephesians 4, it it becomes so clear even from the first verse that that Paul's referencing the first three chapters um, as he starts in chapter 4. And so I don't think we can talk about chapter 4 without realizing what he's referring back to in chapters one through three, yeah. um, which just, I think, shows the richness of the text and what he's what he's moving us to. These aren't, uh, he, he's not imploring the people of God sort of outside of the context of who we are and who God has, um, has entered our life to show us that we yeah. are. Because um, the, there's something so rich for that for me. Um, so thanks for that background. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read just the very first verse of chapter four, because yeah, Paul goes through and says, because this is who you are, okay, now, now what? And so I'm going to read the first verse, and then I'm going to let you <laughs> pull out some of your amazing wisdom, uh, <laughs> which says, uh, yeah, which is what I do here. I actually just yeah, say, you know right. what, you do all the work, and right. I'm just going to sit back and listen. So it's uh, a great job. I know, it's so easy. Uh, chapter four, verse one says, as a prisoner, Prisoner for the Lord, then, and this is going to be our key part of our podcast today. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. What, Charlie, does that mean? Boy, it means a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> um, it's not a small. It's not a small statement that he's mm. making. Um, yeah, I, I think it was actually. It's been told to me. Legend has it that um, <laughs> that the the Reverend Eric Canfield is someone, maybe he didn't come up with this line, but it's been heard most recently for from him that the, whenever there's a therefore in the scriptures, uh, they have to look at what it's there for. Um, 
I think that there's there's part of me that looks at this and says, um, what's this based off of? So as we start to look at the beginning of Ephesians 4, Paul's saying, because of this, I urge you to live a life of the call, worthy of the calling that you have received because of who you are. I, I just don't want to miss the fact that all of this instruction, all of what he's urging us towards is because of wh- who he's described that we are in Jesus in, in chapters one through three. And um, there's a there's a uh, an author and a podcaster, his name is Sky Jathani, that I love. Mm, um, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. love listening, listening to, and, and he's got a book that's called With, and he, yes. and he makes a distinguish, uh, he distinguishes between the idea of doing things with God and doing things for God. Um, and, and I think that if we if we don't take Ephesians as an entire book and and pay attention to what he's talking about in chapters one through three and root ourselves in the identity that Paul says that we have, then the instructions that he starts to give us, um, starting in chapter four, can start to be things where we think, oh, okay, great, I can do that. I'll just do it for God, mm. you know, as though God needs us or as though he's um, interested in us working on his behalf to satisfy mm. some need that he has for us um, or from us. But instead, it's like, no, 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 this is out of the 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 overspring, the the goodness of, of who he's created us to be and how he's entered into our life. And therefore, as a result, we get to live into this calling. Um, and, and, and that goes with much more of a, of a with God sense than a mm. for God sense. Uh, which I think he talks about in in Ephesians four. I um, I, w- I was struck by a few things. I'll I'll rattle them off quickly, and then maybe we can dive in. But I think the two things that jumped out to me uh, in this passage is that the what what he immediately mentions when he ca- talks about living a life worthy of the calling that we have received is in verse two he talks about being humble, and then uh, in verse three he talks about keeping the unity of the spirit. And so he, he, he immediately jumps into humility and unity. Mm. Um, as you mentioned earlier, so often, at least I'll speak for me, maybe it's true of people listening as well. Uh, so often when we think of the word calling, we think of like, well, what's it mean? You know, how's God going to use me? I, I have gifts and talents and skills, and I think I'm good at this, or, I, you know, I've, been, I've had experience in this, and so maybe God will use me in this capacity. Um, that's certainly a definition of calling that we take into effect, but but Paul's talking about a different kind of calling here, mm-hmm. a calling of, about the worthy of the calling that we've received is is the type of life that we live, the type of person that we're becoming, the type of community that we're enmeshed in. Um, and, and in my mind, it's much less of a selfish calling, um, understanding of calling, and much more of like, uh, an understanding of calling that says, how do we participate in what God's up to in our life instead of how can he make us really well known or how yeah. can he make us feel good about how great our gifts are, yeah. et cetera, through that type of calling. Yeah, I think in your notes, and I don't know if this is you saying this or Sky saying this, but you know, how, how can God use us so we are the stars of the show? Right. And I read that and I underlined it and put a star by it because I'm like, oh, ouch. Okay, I'm convicted by that. Totally. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And and I think part of it, it in in reflecting on Ephesians for what he requires of us, Paul does, I would say, is to just be really, really honest and vulnerable with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So saying like, how have we thought of our calling and and 
and how God intends to use us. And has it been maybe a little bit more self-centric than we'd like to admit? And, you know, has it had a posture of thinking like, so I'm so glad that my identity is rooting in Christ, and now God's going to go make me really well-received, <laughs> oh. really well-renowned. Yeah. Obviously, that wasn't the story of Paul's journey at all. Like, the more and more he rooted his identity in Christ, the more he became less and less yes. the, the public star of the show, more and more in jail and, you know, disenfranchised from the churches that he had tried to start, all these things that he definitely didn't say, like, gosh, God wanted to use my yes. gifts and how he blessed me, uh, you know, when it, whether it was preaching or speaking or writing, yeah. he could have been thinking, gosh, he could have done a whole lot more with me if he wanted to, but <laughs> instead I'm in jail. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I got to admit sometimes that, yeah, this has been a good reflection for me in understanding, well, does calling mean that I, when I reflect on a calling, is it, am I most interested in me becoming the star of the show or me becoming well thought of or even people liking me and mm. um, being pleased with the with the job that I'm doing or is about the type of person that uh, and the type of community that God's calling yeah. me to be a part of. I just think those are two way different things, yeah. um, which is why this has been really convicting passage for me. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, so I... You know, I've been at this journey for a while, and I've shared this story in a million places, so forgive me to whoever, although that assumes that people remember when you share stories, you know what I mean? So it's like, I always remember that when I say, I've shared this story, and it's like, no one remembers that you've shared this. We should do a test pilot that's like an hour after church. How many people remember the story that was shared? That would be be horrible. That would be so (laughs) deflating. (laughs) But I, um, you know, everything you're saying, I just think, gosh, in my own journey with calling is when I first, Eric and I moved here from a small town in Ohio. Mm-hmm. He got the job here at Christ Church. We moved here. We didn't know a single soul. We started over. And I really thought uh, when we moved here, um, I really thought I was going to just uh, serve my family and be a good wife and a mm-hmm. good mom. That's kind of what, because I had, in our church in Ohio, I had got myself over involved and mm-hmm. felt like, I eh, know I'm not doing this thing very well. And so anyway, long story short, we came here and um, it didn't last very long where I was like, I'm just going to be barefoot and, you know, cook cook at home. Yeah. And, you know, it's just not not who I think God has created me to be. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And so um, I, uh, shortly after we moved here, I felt a very strong calling to, uh, write mm-hmm. and to speak. Those were, and it, I had this kind of moment with God. It was very specific. And um, so I went through a journey of starting to figure out what does that look like for me? What is, what does that mean? And, and um, Adele Calhoun, who used to be on staff yep. here was yep. a mentor of mine. And I went through this, you know, wrestling with this and I, we were out for a walk one day and I, I said, gosh, Adele, I just want someone to tell me what to do. I feel this calling, <laughs> right? Exactly. say, I want to use my gifts. I want to, I feel like God has given me something. I want to go show the world right. yeah, how, how great I can be. Yep. And I just don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. I remember her saying to me, you know what, Suanne, maybe you're asking the wrong question. Maybe instead of asking what God is calling you to do, you need to start asking who God is calling you to be. Yeah, that's so And good. that question, um, changed, it really changed my life. And now, you know, maybe you've heard that in a lot of different, you know, it's a lot uh, talked about a lot, but that was the first time anyone had said that to me when she said that to me. And um, it started to flip all of my questions about the places and the spaces I was stepping into and what it really meant, not to mm-hmm. go do something, but to just be the person that God 
was calling me to be a reflection of who he is in a dark and hurting world. Yeah, that's, that's so, so good. Um, and I think I'll, I'll speak for myself that there's some, there's some cognitive understanding of that, that maybe I think I would assume myself to have, and I'd imagine some of the listeners would say, yeah, I, I mean, I know that, but I think that there's a, another step that gets taken where you say like, okay, what, what would it look like for me to actually lean into that and sit with that? And, mm-hmm. and are my, are the intentions of the way that I carry out my, my quote unquote calling, whatever that may be. And I think we, I, sometimes I get stuck tangent. Sometimes I get stuck thinking <laughs> of a calling as some sort of vocational thing that yeah. God's only interested in us, you know, in calling us towards professions or something like mm-hmm. that. I think it's much greater than that. A seminary professor that I had, he would always say that, um, He's, he's like our calling. He thinks that the most biblical basic level is to 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 serve and love the people that are entrusted to our mm-hmm. care. Um, and I think that that does a much better job of encapsulating some of that yeah. that d- that definition of calling. But but to all that to be said, just to sit with this idea of um, yeah, is this am I am I running towards a calling a quote unquote calling of something that I. Uh, I want to do or I think I'm gifted in that will give me, that will reap rewards or make me feel good, or I'm, am I pursuing a calling of who Christ has me to be, uh, is such a different mentality yeah. that we go through the world with. And it it may or may not change how we actually, the the practicals of what we end up doing or who we end up interacting with, but that mentality change and that mindset change will absolutely have a tremendous influence in in our interactions, how the Spirit moves through us in so, so many ways. Yeah, and like you said, it's not because those things that God is calling us to do, our vocation, right. are not important or not good things, right. but it, shouldn't, it's, it never should overtake or overshadow the primary calling that God has for each and one of us to be in a deeper relationship with Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so true. And, um, and I think that there's, yeah, <laughs> Part part of me thinks that the even just him hitting on humility and unity here gives a good framework for thinking. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a different type of calling. If we start our calling with humility, yeah. if nothing else, um, then then we're gonna approach things a whole lot more different, a whole lot differently than than we would otherwise. If we start our calling with unity, we're gonna approach things a whole lot differently than than we would otherwise um again it i think it comes back to some ways and i think we know this but we have to remind ourselves of this that that god doesn't need us mm. to do the things that we think we're gifted at or called us and to. so why is that so hard to hear right. it's like that's a that's a hard thing to hear and it it <laughs> paul doesn't mince words that's yeah. a you've got to be you know come ready if you're gonna read some of that's paul's right words in the scripture but uh if if we if we can't get past that then we'll keep i do think we'll keep stumbling over ourselves thinking no 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 god needs us we'll burn ourselves mm-hmm. out we'll find ways to um justify doing things mm-hmm. that weren't at all in his intention because his, his calling is much more so this in Ephesians 4 first and foremost than anything we can do for him um because he just doesn't need us. Yeah. I always think of uh, being in ministry. One of the one of the things f- 
framework that I like to use is is um, it's much less of a uh, of a calling in the sense that we get to uh, do things on behalf of God, and much more of a sense of uh, at the Butterfield campus specifically. I feel like the the greatest gift and the calling that I've received is I just get a front row seat to the beautiful work that God's doing in and through those people, and it shapes and forms me mm-hmm. as a result. And so I think so much more that's true of th- that mentality and approach is true of what he has to say here in Ephesians 4 um, than anything else, that it's nothing that I'm bringing to people yeah. um, through gifts or whatever as much as it is. God has just given me the privilege of having mm. the closest possible seat yes. to what he's doing in and through that church location and in and through the people who are a part of it. Mm. Um, and uh, boy, there's not a lot of better privileges mm. you can experience in life than getting that front row seat to the Amen. impact that he has. Amen. I uh, am taking a pastoral ministry class right now. Nice. You and I, I know you just <laughs> finished and you're laughing because Charlie just graduated seminary in December and he's like, ha ha, I don't have to take those classes anymore. Uh, yeah, you know you're thinking it. Uh, be humble, by the way, yeah, as right. we're humble and gentle. <laughs> but uh, we talk, the whole class is talking about how uh, we are invited into these sacred and holy spaces in people's lives that yep. um, you know not many people get to be invited into. And I think for all of us listening, regardless of what your job or vocation is, like when you get invited into those holy spaces, those sacred moments with people who are walking through a difficult time or need a listening mm-hmm. friend, or you get to roll up your sleeves and make them a meal or serve them, and because of something that's going on in their life, and and watch life change because of that, it's like God invites us, like in His kindness again. He just invites us, gives us these little glimpses yep. of what that looks like and what a privilege that is for each and every one of us, regardless of whether we're on staff at a church or we are, you know, just going through our everyday's lives, right. doing whatever it is we do every day. Yeah, I think uh, that's exactly what I was going to say, too, of um, what I love about this Ephesians 4 text is that he makes it so clear that this calling is for everybody, that there's mm-hmm. not a distinguished or a, a specific calling that says like, oh, you're you're set apart in this way. You get to do, go do my important work or you get to follow my more important calling and then everybody else is sort of over here doing something different. No, 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 no. This is a calling that that encompasses our entire being mm-hmm. and it matters that we stay faithful to this call regardless of whether we find ourselves in a vocation or not in a vocation, in a family, single, etc. Our, our life circumstance can be whatever it may be in this definition of calling um, sort of compels us and 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 matters to us regardless of where we find ourselves so it's uh it's not specific to where you know any sort yeah. of circumstance in yeah. our life or job or whatever so good so good well and paul goes on because we're still just on like verse two right, right now <laughs> but um he goes on you know he says be humble and gentle be patient bear with one another make every effort to keep the unity of peace i love that because i think if there's anything that 2020 and beyond has taught yeah. us that keeping unity with people takes effort and yeah. that's part of our calling right to calling to make an effort to be at peace yep 
when the world around you is kind of falling apart and you all disagree. And so uh, he just keeps reminding us. And the reason that we do that is because we're one body. We're one spirit that we all serve one God. We all have one hope. We're all going to end up in the same place together. And so it's this calling that that I I love that Paul is always talking about the why behind it. It's not just be gentle and humble Mm -hmm. and kind because those are good things to do and we can all benefit from that. But because we do that, we're motivated motivated by the fact, not only of our identity in Christ and who God is, but the fact that we're all we're all in this together exactly yeah and i think he i always <laughs> this should make sense talking about scripture but i so admire the way that paul kind of crafts an argument or puts sort of logic together in the way that he he he's 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 compelling us in the sense that we should reflect the character of god in our mm. calling like our calling isn't uh something that's separate and i think this is a, a theme that permeates the scriptures that uh, so much of who we're called to be uh, is to reflect the character and the mm. goodness of God. And so when he's make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, and then he goes on in verse four to ex- explain how this manifests itself through the Trinity, through God's character, through how he's manifests himself through the sacraments. And so all of these things are, are reflections of him. So our humility, our gentleness, our patientness, our patience, our love for one another. You could go down the list. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's making the compelling case that uh, that these aren't just, again, checklist things that say, hey, here's how you be a good pe- person. It's like, no, 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 we want to actually reflect the character and the being mm-hmm. of the living God who is here with us. And this is what it looks like. So if yeah. you've taken to heart what I said in chapters one through three about who God is and how he has met you in the midst of that and what your identity is now, then you sort of have no other option than Mm -hmm. reflecting that in the fullness of letting him in and letting him shine through you. Um, And and I'm always challenged by that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because at the end of the day, for me at least, I'll speak to my experience, it comes down to, um, you know, do I want to let today be about reflecting me or do I want to let today be about reflecting God? Um, And that's sort of the calling question that I ask myself every day um, in in reference to what Paul's talking about here. I will be honest that I wish my answer was me a whole lot less than it is, Mm. um, but it's certainly convicting. Well, and I love that Paul then goes on to give us some metaphors about this, about um, this whole language. And I think that's one of the things I'm loving about Ephesians is just the richness of Paul's language. Mm-hmm. I think his education starts to come through and his intelligence yeah. and just some of the ways that he describes this stuff. But he talks about uh, all the way down in verse 20 now, several times he talks about how to put off, uh, take off our old life to put off our old self and to put on our new self. And um, we see this language kind of used throughout Scripture. We see he uses it in Colossians very similarly because Paul is writing Colossians at around the same time he's writing this. Same, He's chained to the same Roman guard as he's writing that, the prison letters as they're known. And so we see that uh, in the book of Colossians chapter 3 where he says to clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. Again, all of these characters of Christ that he wants us to reflect, bear with each other for 
forgive each other. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. He talks about that. In Galatians, he talks about uh, being clothed with Christ. In Romans, he talks about clothing ourselves again with Christ. So I just, I, I taught this in our women's Bible study last week, and I kind of got stuck. You know, sometimes as a teacher, you're like, something jumps out <laughs> at you, and you just like really grab it. Yep. And I started to think about what it looks like for us to put on our clothes every day. Like when we get up in the morning and we get mm. dressed and I was telling the women in our Bible study that, you know, I last week had a week and this week um, where I just have to be upfront a lot. And so knowing that, you know, I don't know if you do this, Charlie, but like as a woman, I can never wear the same thing twice. And, oh, and yeah. <laughs> well, I've learned that I've had to do it because uh, I'll be honest, I don't have that wide of a wardrobe. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll, I will get up in the morning and I'll have to go back to the video stream from the last couple of weeks and be like, did I wear this recently? Because I'm usually up on stage at Butterfield every Sunday yes, in some regard. Tough, so I got to think like, have I worn yeah. this recently? It's like confessions of a yes, pastor right I know. now. You know, it's behind things, the scenes. Things I would never have thought about before. It's horrible. It's like, I don't have that many sweaters. Like, yes. is winter almost over? Yeah. I got to wear something else. Right. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Part of our the hazards of our job. Yeah. Uh, so last weekend, I spent like an hour trying on and off outfits because I had a bunch of different venues and a different bu- bunch mm-hmm. of different places. And I thought, well, you know, here's what I'm going to wear in this place. And I had to speak to the youth group. So I'm like, okay, I need like, you yeah, know. You gotta Cool. So I'm like, yeah, way cool and trendy for that. And like, I'm preaching next week. And so it's like, okay, preaching is another kind uh-huh. of, right. And so I spent all this time on my Saturday afternoon trying on clothes. And at some point I had this passage going through my mind and I thought, how much time in our lives do we spend putting on, trying mm. on, clothing ourselves with things that either don't matter or are the wrong thing or that are temporal. And how much time do we spend actually clothing ourselves with this kind of calling, the things we're talking yep. about today, that actually matters? <laughs> and I've just been so convicted as I've sat with that. Yeah, that's so, so good. Um, I I hear you on the time putting on clothes <laughs> thing. And 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 putting on the, the clothing of Christ, there. One of the things that I've been fixated on, to your point um, that you just made, one of the things I've been fixated on recently is, uh, again, things that we all know, but but if we if we take time to think about them, that they, they have pretty significant consequences to how they manifest itself. Is the fact that we're we're creatures who are con- continually and constantly being formed, mm-hmm. and, and so we don't just um, not we definitely don't just pop out of the womb like who God has us intended to be. And we certainly don't just automatically become that the second that we encounter Christ and he enters our lives, but that we, we are continually being formed in the person that we're becoming and who, we, who, who God has us to be. I've had to take that into consideration so many times recently in the fact of uh, when you speak of clothing and what we're putting on, that there, there has to... Um, and Paul doesn't really give us a way around this. There has to be some significant intentionality in thinking, mm. what am I clothing myself with? Like, what's forming me today? What's creating me and moving me towards or away from the things that I think God has for me and the, the type of person that he wants me to be? And he's created me to be so that I can live the most full and abundant life that he's said that he has for me. Um, and And... I have to admit that there are so many things that I do and so much time, so many ways that I spend time where it's like, that's not necessarily, maybe it's a net neutral, but it's probably a net negative. 
um, when it comes to w- the way it's forming me. Yeah. And, um, and, and so no matter, no wonder I reacted this way or no wonder I was so quick to anger in that or no wonder I got frustrated because of that because I haven't been uh, intentional about being around people or being in situations or consuming material that forms me in the way they want to do. I haven't been putting on the clothes yeah, you put on the wrong that clothes. Paul's been yeah. um, asking me to put on um, because I just, I, I've stopped paying attention to the fact mm. that Gosh, I do have to keep putting these on every single day. Every day. Um, it's oh, not just so like a, you put it on once a year and they stay on. Uh, no, that's, that's not how this works. We have to get up and get dressed every day. That's yeah. such a great, such a great point. Yeah, yeah. and so we, we're we're in this. Um, we our our relationship with God is such that uh, there is a level of intentionality required on our part to say, God, I want to put on your clothes today. What do you yeah, have for me? Yeah. Um, and how is that going to form me into living in the calling that you've set apart for me? Um, and, and and then doing that again and again and again yeah, and again every day. Of our life, yeah. um, and not in a guilting way either, but just in like a, boy, this is, this is how we get to experience the abundance of life that God has for us. This is not a have to thing. This is a get to mm, thing. That's right. Um, that God has clothes that are good for us to put on every morning if we want to. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. We don't have to go to the store to buy them either. They're right. just there. They're yeah, free freely gift. given. We could just keep going. We could milk it, you know, yeah. draw out this clothing. <laughs> thing. There's so the much good stuff in it. Yeah, totally. uh, well, here's the other thing that struck me with the time we have left. We're going to have to start wrapping up as we get to the end of the chapter. But, you know, we've ta- we've said all along. Um, as we've been going through this study of this book that, right, it's not just about us as the individual calling, but it really is about us as a body of believers, as a church, that together we put on the right mm-hmm. clothes mm-hmm. so that together as a body, as a church, as the people of God, we are reflecting the character of Christ in a dark and hurting world. And yeah. one of the things that really struck me, you know, I love how God's Word does this as I was studying this, as I was preparing for today and just to teach it, is all of a sudden then when you look at it through not an individual lens but a communal lens, some of the things that start to pop out of me. And Paul, like you said earlier, Paul doesn't mince words about the kind of person uh, and the kind of people that we are called to and you know, he, he goes through a number of things that we're supposed to do. And he says, you know, you, you need to replace uh, lies with truth telling. You need to replace unrighteous anger with righteous anger. You need to replace stealing or uh, taking with generosity. You need to replace corrupt talk with edifying talk, bitterness with rage and kindness, all of these things. And at the, if you go through this passage, at the end of each one of those things that he tells us to be, he gives us a why. Mm-hmm. And the why of each of those things is never for the benefit of ourselves. It's the benefit for the other for the other person. So for example, why should we replace unrighteous anger with righteous anger? So the devil doesn't get a foothold in our church. Yeah. So the devil doesn't get a foothold in our relationships. Why should we replace taking with generosity with giving? So that we can share with others and needs, not so we have more, not so we're good people and we're doing the right thing, so we can actually be more generous. Why should we replace corrupt top, corrupt, cor- um, corrupt talk <laughs> with edifying top? Talk. I'm just going to say that again. Corrupt talk with edifying talk. I can't get that one out. Uh, for our own benefit? No. To build others up, to edify the body. And so I was just so struck by the way that the clothes we're putting on 
are not for our own benefit alone, right? but they're for the benefit of others. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. He says it so well, and uh, I love how he drew the distinction um, between kind of the pattern of writing that he does, where he gives sort of a command and then says, this is why, command, this is why, uh, an urging, I should say, not a command. But, but I think that goes back. It, it's neat how this circles all the way back to the beginning of the chapter and the way that he's... He's so obviously sharing, like, you can, in chapter four is the beginning of him sort of uh, in Ephesians, giving less of a theological underpinning for what, what's going on, and then more of a, a some moral and Christian instruction for here's what it looks like to live this life. And and he, in in effect, the way I read this is, is him saying, you can start to go do these things, like, you can be... Uh, you know, you can put off falsehood and speak truthfully. You can um, don't let the sun go down. When you can make sure you're not angry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you've missed out on the core thing of living into your calling and what I've called you to be, then at some point these just become a checklist of to-dos mm-hmm. um, and, and you feeling, they sort of become you-centric again. Um, right, they're based right. on you. Are you feeling like a good person mm-hmm. or are you... Um, getting to check the box and say like I did that or I've accomplished my agenda today in terms of being a good person, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that the neat thing here is he's saying, but if you really live into the humbling and the unifying calling that I have for your life, then your 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 focus will automatically become for the other. Mm. The that that you'll be interested in making sure that the devil doesn't have a foothold. You'll be interested in making sure that someone gets, if they're in need, they get something shared with them all the way down the list because you're going to just look to other people Mm. and say, what do they need? And so it just removes, he continues to shed us of this mentality that our calling is about us. Our calling is about our own moral actions or our our self-righteousness or our using of gifts. No, no, no. He's like, I've I've positioned the whole thing so that the calling, your calling, is about how you serve, how you care for other people. Um, that's how it manifests itself. That's the why behind this entire thing. And so we have to, well, I'll speak for myself. I have to remind myself of that, again, in putting on the clothes every single day, um, because otherwise I'll so quickly slip into this mentality of like, no, 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 but really God's calling for my life. It's about me. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if it helped other people. Great. Mm-hmm. But like, it's it's about me. Um, and, and Paul's just laughing at us saying, no, no, no. It's, uh, it is wholly and concretely about others in the yeah. way that we can love and care and serve for them. And if we continue to clothe ourselves in that way, then uh, people's lives will be radically changed because of our our love and our mm. service to them. And isn't that a message that we need as a church today, yeah. maybe more than ever? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I well, would say so. Yeah. Well, Charlie, I think we're about out of time. So I'm going to give you the last word, but I'm also reminded that... Um, we are in the Lenten season right now, and this is what Lent is all about, right? It's all about, yeah. uh, we even have this refrain that we're saying at the end of every worship service during Lent, this spiritual practice we're mm-hmm. doing about less of me, 
less of me, more of you, God, in whatever area in our life where we feel like we need to be less of less of me, more of you. And so, uh, I would encourage everyone to, if you, you know, if you worship at this church, or maybe you worship at another church, or maybe you don't have a church, uh, but I would encourage you this Lenten series. We're talking all about this kind of stuff. So join us on a Sunday morning. Show up at Butterfield. Hear Charlie preach this weekend. Come here to Oak Brook. Follow Here's us online, whatever it may be. Uh, but would love for you all to join us uh, during this Lenten season. So Charlie, before we sign off, any last words you want to share? No, just that this is, uh, I was struck in, in looking through this passage before that at the very beginning of the scripture, Paul uh, says, I, I urge you in verse one, and it's the same word that he urges people in chapter 12 of Romans, kind of one of our premier chapters in Christian living and instruction. And so it's not lost on me that he's really, really serious about what he's saying in Ephesians 4 and what it means for our life as followers of him or followers of Christ. And um, it was it was a much needed uh, sitting with for mm-hmm. me. And I hope I hope everybody will, will get to spend some time immersing themselves in this text and in, in the spirit of Lent, getting to figure out, gosh, what does it look like for me to say, Jesus, less of me and more of yeah. you? Um, that's what this world needs. So yeah. thanks for having Amen. me. Thanks so much for being here, Charlie. And thanks for joining our family and giving out uh, so much of you, pouring out so much of who you are each and every week. We so appreciate all the work you do. It's so good to be here. Thanks, Sue Ann. Well, friends, such a great word for us to end on and so many good things uh, that just remind us what it looks like to live a life worthy of the calling that God not only has called us to do those things that he calls us to, but more importantly, to be the kind of people that God has called us to be. So I hope by God's grace, you can live into that today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, uh, go ahead and share that on social media. Pass it along to a friend. Follow us at Christ Church Women on Facebook or Instagram. Or better yet, uh, send me an email. Let me know what you thought. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and hearing how God is changing your life here at Deeper Still. So drop me a note. Um, Also, don't forget, uh, we do have worship services here and at our Butterfield location each and every week. We'd love to see any Sunday that you can make it. For the women listening, don't forget, register for If Western Suburbs, uh, which we will be holding on our Oak Brook location on April 29th and 30th. Uh, You can go to Christchurch.us forward slash women and register today. Well, friends, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you back here in a few weeks to continue this conversation as we dig into Ephesians chapter 5. But for now, have a great day. And don't forget to ask how God might be calling you to go deeper still.